Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 11th of August 2019. When 9-11 happened, I remember telling people on a live radio show at the time that they should keep a hold of their sanity. But the hardest thing to do is keeping a hold of your sanity because I knew there was a massive agenda to be unleashed for the 21st century. In academia, in the 20th century, they always said the 21st century was the century of change or transitions, as they say, and you're living through them all the time. I also said that the countries that fomented uh, the world agenda for world governance or world unification organizations, which are published, of course, the Royal Institute for International Affairs and CFR and, and the creation through the Milner Group of the League of Nations, then the United Nations and the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlements, all these private institutions that you take for granted were all set up by the same institution. And it, it was to dominate the world and even use world wars to make it all happen, to make folk give up sovereignty and also to bring uh, a whole collection of banks up to incredible financial standards or wealth because of the wars, they were lending to every nation, of course, in World War One and Two. So, uh, money, power, of course, is is the this new substitute for for war. Of course, it is. And those who control money, or even the, or who fix the rate of its purchasing power for the day or the week or the year, are in control of everything. It's quite a powerful institution indeed. But, however. Most folk don't understand it. They think we're just drifting down through time and that the talking heads, and we do have authorized talking heads, we've always had authorized talking heads, are there to give you what you think is the right information. Brzezinski said it. You also find that, well, he did say, and I'll repeat it again ad nauseum, but Brzezinski said in his book in the 1970s, Between Two Ages, in reality, the whole future was spelled out pretty well in that book. Brzezinski, who was way up there in the CFR, the head at one point, and Trilateral Commission naturally too, never mind being an advisor to the, the, the most powerful country in the, in the world for a long time, the United States of America, and for their, uh, their various uh, military wings, etc. He said that the people really expected the media, the private media, to give them their advice on everything. Anything that was important for them to know personally for your own survival or whatever it happened to be, get economic, whatever it happened to be. He said the people look towards the media to inform them. And that was a powerful, powerful tool, obviously. He wasn't the only person to say that. He was one of the last people to say that because it's been said so many times in well over 150, 200 years, in fact. But... But that's the case. Most folk literally think the media is somehow uh, more more honest than people they know or that they themselves are. An odd thing, really. They didn't always believe that because people at one time who lived, especially the people who lived and fought through World War II and survived after it and came back to their countries, they were well aware that there were other forces ruling them and they, they understood that the media moguls literally were running the opinions of everybody because they, they give you your opinions, really. 
in Britain especially, it was amazing because it was just, it was so polarised, the papers, managed and often owned by the same groups, mind you. They would give you your left-wing papers, and that was generally something with a red star on it or something like that. And they would give you the ones on the right, so you'd have the stars and the suns and all the rest of this kind of stuff that even goes on today. And obvious what, it, what it's all about, and so the workers get the star and the other ones get the, the sun uh, symbol, that kind of thing. That's how it works. That's an, that's an example I'm giving you. But at least back when I was small, I could hear grown-ups talking, and ordinary guys too, who could reel off the moguls who owned each paper and what their politics were, who they hobnobbed with, and uh, and what they really they were, they were there to do, basically, in their newspapers. So people had an idea then. But since then, they've gone to an awful length to, to dumb us down so much until folk don't question things at all. If it's in the newspaper, it must be true. As I said in Wag the Dog, the movie. If it's on the movies, it must be true. Or on television, it must be true. And that's how people think. And Brzezinski said that. He said that shortly the public will expect the media to do their thinking for them. Well, that's already happened. I think it already happened when he said it, to be honest with you. Uh, but now definitely the people don't question things at all pretty well. And he said they'll expect the, 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 like an appendage to their brain that the media will, will guide them, tell them what to do and so on. Well, now it's even worse than that because you have, you have this, this massive internet too doing the same kind of things. And folk don't quite clue in. Uh, I did shows many years ago about this very problem of how we get our information and how even the basic the basic five-minute uh, summary after some prime minister or president or, or, or combination of politicians talk, uh, you get always two people, at least, at least two people, who would then decipher what you just heard and give you the opinion you're supposed to have from it. Well, you'd heard it yourself, can't you make your own mind up? Do you, need, do you really need two people to tell you what opinion to come to? That, that's, that's how they see the people, so dumbed down, that they've got to... You see, that, that, that everything you see is to give you opinions, not to, not to give you choices and let you make your own mind up. And most of it's done by simply omission. You either have all the facts there or only a partial facts. Partial facts is you can easily lead people into the belief of a conclusion, judging from partial facts. But if you give them the whole story, with all the facts that, that you know of, then you, they might have a more honest and realistic assessment of what, what's, what's going on and come to their own conclusions. And, but they don't want that. You see, we're in the most controlled society that's ever existed. And getting back even to Adam Curtis, he talked about this in some of his documentaries on how we're given our opinions and even gives a, 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 a one from the 1960s, which shows you the 1960s and how the public were given a kind of nicey-nicey post-World War II era, a kind of old-fashioned idea of how you're supposed to be and how the families were supposed to be and how the police really were. And that Dixon of Doc Green in Britain, for instance, the, your friendly policeman shows and they're all just dramas, fictional dramas, to give a false impression, as Jack C. Lull would say. Because all dramas, fictional dramas, and movies on police are, are basically propagandistic. That's how they're done, to give you a false idea. 
uh, police in reality will, will charge you with anything, even if they're not looking for you. If they come knocking your door and see something, uh, they, they can get something. They'll do it. That's just how it is. But according to the old dictionary of Doc Green, oh, maybe at one time they did, in fact, uh, help occasional person get out of trouble, young guys and stuff like that. Rather than have them go to court, they would give them warnings and advice. And that. But that's all gone now. We live in a very, very formulistic system and we're all guided along the same paths. And don't forget, too, in the, in the 1950s, 60s and 70s and 80s, especially in the U.S., you had these very, eventually, eventually naturally aged anchor people on newscasts that you, people grew up with. And they paid massive, like, superstar salaries for reading off the news. That had been written by other people naturally, but they could. They, you were, if you grew up with them, they were like your father, and that's that's why they kept them on so long because it was easier to. Well, they must, they're telling us that I grew up with that guy. He's telling me the truth. You see, why would he lie to you? You know. And then you find that so many of them in the states were actually belonged to the World Federalist Association, and they got awards for it. And their whole idea was the elimination of nations for those who, who never clued in even back then and bring in a world type of governance system. And you don't necessarily need a parliament building to have that. You can still have the, the remains of, of which become regionalized or localized governments that used to be your federal governments, just like the EU participating in this, this big amalgamation, basically. That's how it's done. So here you are in the 21st century, the century of transition or changes, and we're, we're going through all kinds of it now. And you see the countries, as I say, that set up and funded across the world all the different aid programs, paid the debts off a lot of countries. You constantly give out money to these nations. Your, your nations do give out uh, massive, massive loans that they know they can't get paid back. So they, the, the guarantors are the taxpayers back home in your own countries. So you're used and used and used. But the idea is they, is they constantly bring countries up and so on to a higher standard of living, is to eventually do away, eliminate the borders. And that's all part of the deal, uh, well documented as well. And if you've noticed, all the nations are pretty well doing this from the top down, regardless of the, what they call the party and supposedly in power at the time, and without any supposed uh, declaration to the public that they've eradicated the borders or disassembled them. That's the interesting part to me is how it's obvious it's very obvious. It's from the top down. And, and of course, they've all signed on to agreements with the United Nations to do with mass migration, etc. But they simply aren't telling the domestic people at home. And uh, that, that's interesting to me, because it, if anyone really believes that you have a democracy, I, I wish you... I've got a lot of good fantasies to tell you, really, from children's stories I heard a long, long time ago. The system we're in today really is not, it's not democratic. It used this idea of democracy as a battering ram uh, because people want rights, right? And so you get behind the parties that are always in for over many, many years that demand that you have rights for you. But, and yet you're seeing a different system being pushed today under this term democracy. And it's the elimination of the nation states as you know them. That was all part of it. And I said that again way back in the 90s and shows that, that eventually the big driving powers, Britain was gone after World War II, 
World War One really finished the, the debt that was incurred, and then World War Two it was the final nail in the coffin. But but they'd passed the baton on, as they say, and the CFR or Royal for International Affairs on to the United States to take over, and massive tax base, you see, and and great economy at the time to take over. So they had plenty of work for the people so they can tax them and, and use that money that's a battering ram again across the rest of the world. But eventually the U.S. was to emerge into the system, as I said. It would submerge into it, in fact, into the system that it had created. And that's what you're seeing today, if you haven't figured it out yet. This isn't speculation, either. I could back it all up with all different books and so on, put out by the big think tanks in the world and that, that the globalists use. The globalists is a term that which we're supposed to not use anymore because they keep changing it. As soon as you start using the terms they give you, <laughs> then they hit you with uh, some nasty remark. But but the fact is, globalization was a term for for elimination of the nation-state. And at one time he used to use communism, and, and they used the communist tactics. That's what the Rees Commission was about in the 1950s. Uh, the inquiry into the big tax-free foundations that fund and train thousands of non-governmental organizations as big pressure groups and lobbying groups across the world, uh, which bypass any ideas of democracy, of course. If you're paying folk to, to, to demand it, then it was so much for them. So the, the person with the biggest money, the most money, can get what they want, naturally, in the so-called democracy, right? But the big, big think tanks were all connected, and some of them even, like the Ford Foundation, I think was eventually taken over by the Rockefeller Foundation staff. They, they took it over and run the both of them. And then you had the Carnegie and a whole bunch of them, these mysterious foundations uh, from the past. And don't forget that Carnegie himself, this little fella who supposedly, according to mythology, uh, was born in utter poverty in, in Scotland, etc. And who was a, an intergenerational um, revolutionary, by the way, his family were anyway. Uh, interesting. You can tie that in with pain and others too, again, this, this conspiracy stuff. But the fact is, it's true. <laughs> and they published in National Biographies of the Guy. It's quite interesting that uh, he, be, he comes over to the States. He's in all the proper organizations and clubs, as you know, if you know what I mean. He just shoots to the top with all the robber barns. And they, they're, they're from the very beginning, they, can, they did a, had a consolidation, a consortium, you might say, of all the big uh, mines and steel mills and everything that was going to make for the future. They ran it all. And then when you get into the Rockefellers, uh, then Rockefeller, old man Rockefeller, said it himself that competition is a sin. And he meant it. He wasn't simply being facetious or a snob. He was telling you what they believe in. They don't believe in giving you competition. They believe that all the world's resources should be in the hands of the people who are most apt to, to use it wisely, which is themselves. They're a private club. Very private indeed. And under the guise of using democracy across the world... They ended up uh, having a good part of the third world all working for them for nothing, even to the present time, by the way, a lot of them. And then they would submerge the United States and other countries into the very system of globalistic uh, society which they created. Now, that's all. So you're living through the final parts of this stage of it today. This is the chapter for, for this century. That's why you're seeing such incredible hatred, incredible hatred put out from the very, very top I've never heard so much hatred coming from politicians 
in my life against people who've got nothing to do with politics at all. But literally, I mean, even, even some of the politicians who are running in the United States uh, who've gone through the universities, been taught to hate people, and even the people have got nothing to do with rulership at all, is a terrifying thing. These are politicians running for, for government. It's not, it's not what we would call minorities, although really technically they are aiming at a minority. It's a new thing to see even the media using this terminology, which doesn't bode well for the future at all. But it's been authorized from the very, very top, this mysterious body, you might call it, at the top, that mandates who the next target is going to be or who's going to be taken down and who's to be lifted up, etc., etc., etc. We're all used. We're all used along the way. Every, every group out there is used along the way. But most folk never catch on. They still tune into the same places every day for the same indoctrination of what your viewpoints should be on certain things. It's just astonishing to see them doing it over and over and over again. But again, people are creatures of habit. And that's an awfully important thing because even when you're told by the big system that run the internet, for instance, of censorship, as an example, or they're spying on you through the different uh, programs that you use, and who's, who are the worst spies, and they'll tell you that too. Folk who have been, and I said it years ago, they, they understood, and, and with all the real sampling at the real, in real time that they did over many years, they knew if they could get the folk hooked in it all first, the internet completely. The ones who start to take away their rights and freedoms, after years of it all, the folk would stay and, and still use it. You see, get you hooked first, then gradually take away your rights, etc. And they were quite right about that. That MIT involved in studies and all other uh, universities doing their little bits and parts here and there across the world and sharing the data. And they're still doing it, of course, in real time as they dissect everyone and give everyone a profile, which they update every day in real time as you're updating your, your, your data about yourself if you're using all their programs. So, in other words, they know that you'll keep doing it. And it's astonishing. For my years, when I mention it to certain people privately, you know, people you might not really know, but it's a casual conversation, but, uh, or even a private inquiry to them, what do you think of this and what do you think of that one? And they don't mind. They'll tell you, I don't mind. Well, they know everything about me anyway. That's the standard answer. Well, they know everything about me anyway, so what's, so what's wrong using all their, you know? That's their answer. That's, that's, that's a defeatist attitude, you see. That, that's what it's all about. And that's what they hope you all, you all do, you see. And the sad thing is, it's always the same percentage of people who will all go for it, which is the majority of them, will always go along with it. If you give them a free thing, however, a morsel, it's just that easy. As I said before, every tyrant in the past uh, could only imagine a tiny fraction of power if they had enough spies to mingle amongst the populations and keep. But here you have everybody putting their daily data up there and it's automatically put in by algorithms into their personal profiles for the authorities and for everybody else across the planet in the big global intelligence system to manage and see, you see. And I said years and years ago that everybody must be predictable in this system for, for those who own you, who will always appear to be as champions for you, but they own you at the top, very, very top, uh, to feel safe. They don't feel safe unless they know everything about you and everything's being managed about you. And here you have a whole world's population, the ones who can afford it, putting it all up 
with all the risks there, and, and they've signed every, and they've agreed to this and agreed to that, and all the different uh, apps, etc. They've given it all away for a lot of free this and a lot of free that. What tyrant in history could imagine? They, could, they wouldn't, have, they shouldn't have bored with all the wars they had. Just offer them free this and free that, and you could have taken over entire nations without even using armies. That's what's happened. Astonishing, really, eh? Because freedom was such an important thing to a free society. You can't be a free society. Huh? You can't, when you've given all your rights away, folks. Again, I'm not trying to convert anyone because most folk don't care. They're not, they don't care. And they, had, they pretty well understood it from other behavioral studies and so on. Uh, long before they gave you the internet, that they talked about giving you this system of communication before they actually gave it to you. They said that, that most folk will give away rights and so on just to get the use of it. So they, they, and they were right when it, all that came to pass. They were quite right on the, on the statistics that they had put out as a projection. How many folk would just automatically adapt to it and who wouldn't care less? Because we're brought up to trust. We are. We have a natural inclination to trust uh, those in authority. That's the sad part of it too. And because we've been given authority figures for so such a long, long time, and that's why your news goes to such a great extent to try and capture attention. And, and they all have these slow, low, the most trusted man in whatever country it is, or woman in whatever country it is, and or the most trusted network. And really, they tell you that the most. Who says so? Did they ever show you a survey? The only arbiter of trust and belief should be the person who receives information. And if you get off of one place, then I, I feel sorry for you. At the moment, as I say, we're going through the big, the big change in society, where, as I say, the, the, the old system is to be further destroyed. And that's what it is, the old system. Getting back to the CFR, which is the, the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, a private organization, you see. Carl Quigley said it in Tragedy and Hope, the book Tragedy and Hope, he said that they're right in some respects. There has been in, in, uh, for many years now, he says, um, an organization that behaves in the way that people believe that, I'm ad-libbing, but, but the way that, that communists act. And, says, and, and, and he says the reason for it being is that much of our goals is the same. Well, when you figured this out, and you realize all the, the international banking system are on board with it. Their members at the top of the, the, the Bank for International Settlements, and they quickly mentioned that too, and the IMF and, and the World Bank, etc. Then you realize that they've got everybody on board that really matters in running the country. They, they have members all through your governments that you elect. And he said it too, that every president in the United States for... And it, this is the 1960s he wrote that book. He said that uh, had been for about 60 or 80 years, had, be, had been in every president in the United States had been a member. doesn't matter of the parties. So the same agenda always continues. And we've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. Right now we're going through the radical phase of it, radical change. The, 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 again, just compared to the communist Manifesto and the planks of communism, where they had the elimination of the nation state eventually would wither away, they said. 
and uh, and people say, well, why would it just wither away? You know, like just just weather was it just a wind that came. No, 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 it wither away uh, when they they basically overruled. They, or just like the CFR said about the United States Constitution and Bill of Rights. But one of, the, one of their top writers at one time years ago said, rather than hit the, the Constitution and Bill of Rights head on, he says, we've got to, we've just got to do a, a run around it, and like a superstructure, build it over and around, etc. Just ignore it. And that's what was, has been done. Well, you're seeing it happening with the world now. It's completely. All the countries. And they haven't given you anything, to, you anything to replace it by, which means... If, you're, if your basic system that you're supposed to run by as a citizen in any country, if your rights, your, your, whatever it is, a charter of rights, bill of rights, a constitution of some kind, if it's all torn up or been ignored, then what system is ruling over you? It is therefore lawless, isn't it? If the old, <laughs> the old myth again, uh, that, that, that you, the people, run the country, if that was the case, then whatever really is running the country on your behalf is lawless. It isn't yours at all. You have to accept that. And that wouldn't bode well either, wouldn't it? It would have to be done. And of course, in the US, at least they had it written down what should be done if that was the case, if you're a lawless government. But folk don't recognize it as that. It has a, it has a pretense and formalities of the same thing. They, they can wrap themselves in the flag and and say uh, traditional quotes and so on and repeat them in, to, to the people. And you're trained to simply, oh, okay, they're, it's like they're one of us or something. or that, you know, That's how simple it really is. But we're going through, again, a massive change, massive change. And there's hardly a thing that happens today on any scale at all that isn't either resulting from the massive changes or, or even planned because for everything that happens in a negative fashion, it has a positive effect on, on the old agendas of how do you take rights away from the people. It's quite fascinating to see it done in the way that it's being done. I always think of the old movies, The Manchurian Candidate. There are different versions of them, and I liked them all actually, but the idea was, was quite simple and you find that many authors touched on that kind of technique of uh, altering behavior by drugs, hypnopedia, even electroshock therapy, repatterning the brain as they tried with MKUltra, things like that. And you don't, you have to understand, we tend, most folk tend to think in a very singularly objective way. And so if they're looking for something, from you can mention terms to them like depatterning the brain and I'll immediately jump to the MK Ultra idea and, and Cameron's techniques and he was only one of many in a, gr- in a group at the time in, across the US and Canada and elsewhere by the way who were doing the same things for the same group but most folk never really think beyond what, that what they know about it but, but you got to understand that there are many ways to depattern the brain it's the object you see it's the object is depatterning the, the technique of getting there uh, there's many different techniques of getting their drugs is the easiest way and the drugs today are far more effective in targeting specific parts of the brain uh, than the old LSD for instance now they're trying to use LSD again now as a therapeutic uh, uh, technique they never gave up do they yeah. 
Uh, but, but again, that's where money comes into it. But regardless, we got to always remember that the drugs today, and, and these drugs are, are everywhere. It doesn't matter what remote part of the country you live in, you could probably order them or go into, into the nearest town and order, or get them there in a street corner very quickly any time of the day. And so many of these drugs are definitely, definitely created abroad outside the country. Now, if the systems of police and law enforcement wanted to, really wanted to, or been given the, the, the backing to do so, they could nip a lot of this stuff in the bud. But I've never seen a time, looking at RTLs and newspapers, where it isn't, isn't just a suitcase or a briefcase of cocaine anymore or a bag of it that's getting caught coming. You're finding tons and tons in singular halls getting caught going into Australia and other countries too. It's such a massive industry. The whole of Latin America is pretty well living off it. And then you have the, 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 the old uh, triangle, uh, the old uh, golden triangle for the opium, which ends up being heroin. And, and then they mix in different, different combinations, of course, with, with, with all together, in fact. And then you have the synthetic drugs uh, flooding into the country, too. This is by design. It's by design. If, if you understand that in a war scenario, there are many ways to take down a nation. There's economic, there's psychological. The, the, the whole purpose of psychological warfare is to demoralize an enemy so much that they've given up already. They almost got that way in the 60s and 70s in Britain because Britain was in such a such heavy taxation from World War II, and one really, but two, and no jobs. And they didn't tell the public. They'd signed agreements on this to, to join, uh, literally submerge into this European Union. They didn't tell the public at all that for many, many years until the 90s, late 90s that they'd actually set up a secret um, organization under the CFR again, a Royal of International Affairs, uh, who drafted it all up for the countries to sign, and they drafted up the NAFTA ones for Canada to sign, you know, in the CFR. And they admitted it, by the way, after the facts. But by the time, the people in Britain didn't know what was happening. They had all this Cold War going, and all this money from your taxes had to pay off day and build more missiles and submarines and all this kind of stuff. And, They've always got to have a reason, you see, for, for keeping you in poverty. And they did it until, as I say, Britain overtook Sweden as the capital for, for suicides. So there's psychological warfare. That's, that's what you get when you do that. You can depress a country financially, for instance, knowing it's going to cause hopelessness. And, and those who are hopeless... Will either take drugs leading to suicide or overdoses and death, or just basic suicide in itself. If you can't see a future, Margaret Thatcher said that on a nationwide uh, broadcast at one time. She said, there's a generation who's growing up now, a generation who's growing up now, who will never see work in their lifetime, get used to it. And she did away with the old pub closing hours, until they're open pretty well all day until we into the night. And she said it was better for them to spend their unemployment and welfare money, because of the massive unemployment, for young folk that is, to have them in the pubs getting drunk, then have them on the streets and marching and demonstrating and fighting. So you're always getting managed. And they, they understood too, there were other forces encouraging this as well. So there's many ways to get the changes that you want.
for the last crash in the United States, just before it too, leading up to the crash 2008, a planned crash, of course, everybody at the top understood it and didn't suffer at all. And the public got hammered, naturally. And then because of you, you're all borrowing this fake money, which, I mean, it really is backed on nothing. But the magicians in the U.S. Federal Reserve had, had the right, supposedly, uh, given to them to be like a banker to the world, including Canada. And they bailed out banks inside the States under special drawing rights, they called it. And they bailed out ones in Canada, too. And I did the talks on that at the time even though they kind of denied it at first, and, and then I got the, the ones from Parliament where they agreed and signed it, and all the information came out, and sure enough, we'd all been bailed out by the U.S. Federal Reserve, basically. They're also loans across the world, for those who don't know, and inside the U.S. But inside that magic house, they just wave wands, basically, and add little zeros to, to the computer screens, because there's nothing transferred anymore. It's not backed by anything. What a secret society that must be, yeah? But as I say, we're due for another one, and that's what you're seeing now. It's warfare techniques to get you used to. I guess you used to incredible change. And then they've trained since 2008, and since they put on the quantitative easing, as they call it, which is just inflation, but also basically neutral or negative or just neutral interest rates at the banks, everyone's been trained in those few years to the present, right? So easy to do it, isn't it? To expect no interest returns if any money in the bank. Do you realize that's millions and millions? That's your whole population pretty well, except for the big boys and gals, because these, the ones at the top, they, they, are, they have special, special investments and so on. You don't get anywhere near that with your paltry little savings, but everyone's accepted it. They have to close down the banks because as they go cashless, you have to transfer every money through through banks and so on. You see, so you still need the banks. You have made you need them, even though they don't really serve you a function anymore. Otherwise, you don't have the function of of getting interest from them, etc. Everything's a, everything's training you and training you and training you for this the new system that's coming in. And step by step, you've been trained. You've been trained not to expect interest from anything. You still accept the fact your banks take that little bit of money you put in there and they're investing it overnight abroad across the world and making a fortune and interest off it from other countries. At massive interest rates too. But you yourself might get nothing at all. And you accept this somehow as normal because no one's going to come out and tell you anything different. No one in authority, that is, is going to come out and tell you anything different, you see. Because you expect someone in authority to go through the media and tell you and be appendage to your brain, like Brzezinski said, and do your reasoning for you. It's quite a system. So despondency, hammer it like with Huxley said, he said, you know, drugs and, and uh, soma drugs, and you're, you're getting all kinds of drugs legalized now, not just the marijuana. Uh, some of the leaders in, in, uh, have said a couple of years ago they'd like to legalize all the drugs. Well, that is coming, folks. And with it also comes the mayhem because drugs destroys the brains. And you'll see more and more chaos, which gives them a right then to do, take more and more rights away from the public in all sorts of ways. And, and again, most folk, again, the, the same people who automatically will tell you, well, I know they do this and they do that to us, but well, they know all about me. You know? Well, these are the same people who go along with every new law that comes along until, you know, that's, just, that's the way it is. The majority always go along with it.
It's the same thing with, with uh, I think it was John Pilger, who was one of the people who did a, an interview uh, a long time ago, many years ago, with, I think it was Lenny Riefenstahl, who did the big, amazing movie for his day on the Nazi party for propaganda purposes with all the special effects of that era. It was quite amazing, really. But he asked her, he said to her, well, what about the, the middle and upper classes? Um, didn't they see the warnings of, of a totalitarian regime coming down, etc., etc.? And she said, well, no, not really. Uh, no one asked any questions. They just kind of floated through it uh, and into it. Well, you see, that's how it always is, isn't it? You just float through it. Because, well, we're all floating through together, so it must be normal. <laughs> And they end up in a different system that has all the signs coming down of a horror. That's how I see it as a horror. Because when they radicalize different sects of society, they seek out some kind of what they perceived injustice or revenge on another segment of society. Only horror can come out of this. But that's been preached to you. It's even getting promoted from the lips of politicians who are running for office in the States. That's not healthy at all. And so, sure enough, we'll float through it, and we won't object enough, and and uh, it'll probably happen. Because the future has been planned, I won't go into it, because I've given so much out over many, many years, and folk have written books on the stuff I've given out, but I don't get much much of a reward myself, even to just to take along here. So I must remember, too, to ask you to buy the books and discs, and at least donate to me at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And, you, and list, always list, as I say, what the, 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 all my official sites on that page in case any, like the comment, go down, who knows. So list them all. And remember, too, here's another thing. You should always use different browsers. Not just use them, but have an access ready to go for different search engines because it's just astonishing who, the, the blocking and the wipeouts of searches that you do now for different people. It'll get worse and worse, so there's many search engines out there that can bypass, at least find who you're looking for. Always always remember that too, but buy the books and discs, and uh, please donate to me, and help me tick along, because I do not live high in a hog. I've got a lot to do to this old dump of a house here just to fix it up for this winter, and I probably won't manage it either, and the winters are horrific here, but uh, there's some damage outside uh, around the house. And that's just the way it is. Uh, I live in a, a very simple lifestyle. Very simple. Because this isn't just a job to me, it's, it's, and it's not just a vocation. It's a necessity. That's the only reason I came out in the 90s, was to start putting this stuff out. And it did a lot of damage at the time. Uh, that The mainstream, the, the supposed alternate talkers that you were given at the time, just stuck on the same old things. And I told them the in-depth stuff, and now they all prattle the same stuff. But uh, they, need, they need someone to do it for them to make them do it in the first place, because otherwise they would have never got into the truth of it all. I made them shift uh, uh, their focus and start telling way more to the general public. But from it, naturally, you get an incredible backlash from the, the official alternative, you might say, who uh, you'd upset the plans. I always say, if you, if you see something you don't like, uh, any particular group of who really supports them, and who they will not criticize, then you should make your own mind up about them, for goodness sake, people. Hmm? Because times are changing all right and changing awfully fast. Now, 
I want to rattle through a, a few things tonight. I won't even get into the, the shootings I've had in the States. There have been a stack of them, of course, already. Not just the usual shootings, that there's been a lot more shootings across the United States, because there always are, but, but these particular ones with different people just losing their top altogether are almost copycats. Uh, we saw a lot of that, actually, starting with supposed terrorist incidences of people driving cars initially inside the States and other countries and killing folk on the sidewalks. And and you'd be amazed at how that affects a lot of people. You add drugs to the mix today and you've got real big problems. Real big problems. And I think it'll get worse myself. But really, when I look at what's happening, I mean, I saw even in Mexico, most countries put signs up or road signs. Like, be, be careful of bends, you know, tight bends in the road and things like that. Or, or be, you know, be careful you're approaching a bridge or something. The Mexicans put up bodies. I guess it's a cheap way of doing it, these. But Mexico gang leaves 19 bodies, some hanging from bridge, as a warning. As, as, folk don't realize what's happening. What's happened throughout Latin America over many years now. And there's awfully good books out there on the gangs that run. Pretty well, most of Latin America. In fact, a lot of the gangs in the different areas who run cities and towns act as governments. And they do get roads paved. They do they put sewers in when the government wouldn't and stuff like that. Because corruption is rife, you see. And drugs run everything. But young children get recruited by being given a pistol by a gang at the age of 10 or 11 or 12. And, and been told to go out and shoot someone, they do it and come back, and that's them, that's them in the gang. And, and so they, they, they kill folk from the start without a hassle. And believe you me, it's like, it's like raising robotic psychopaths in a sense, isn't it? When you add drugs to it and all that too. And that's normal for so many people. Anyway, 19 bodies, some hang from her bridge as a warning. It says, alongside a drug cartel banner threatening rival, rival gangs. It's not for the public. Is this to threaten other gangs? And seven more corpses found hacked and dumped by the roadside nearby in the western city of Rupan. And just down the road were three more, making a total of 19. Well, that's, you understand, you understand when folk are worried, they're very worried about a borderless society. And the ones at the top know that the first ones out of a lot of countries are the gangs, the criminals. And they have come out of all countries <laughs> across the world and set up networks, their own networks, etc., without a problem. So I'll put this little link up too. We're, we're, you were in for terrible times, people. It's obvious to me. And we will be living through this chaos, this, this, this planned chaotic upheaval is planned. And it's counted on because you're going to find we're going to get turned in to an extent as they flatten the, a lot of the, the so-called Western countries, as they flatten them, as they bring up other countries by using your money and so on, as they flatten you, they said they would do this. You would come down as, bring, as your money brings other ones up. But in it too, you, you find that top nations, uh, some people, some nations, uh, uh, their biggest export is almost, or maybe the second export is just people. That's another way, of course, taking over certain areas. Of course, of course it is. I can remember Nixon many, many years ago, President Nixon, when he had a meeting with the president of China, and he was talking about all their people being kept behind 
this, this, like the communists in Russia, the same kind of an iron curtain type thing, and and how they wouldn't let their people have freedoms, etc. And the president of China said to Nixon, he says, "Well, okay, uh, I can start giving you millions. How, how about twenty million next week as a start?" And that was the end of that. Just a, a kind of polite little laugh and of embarrassment, and that was that. You know, many ways to do it. But again, it's going to create tremendous upheavals in the so-called first world countries. And that is the plan. We like it or not, that's, that's, that's planned. Because you're going into a completely new world, a completely new world, a completely new right and wrong, a completely new system of, of uh, relationships, uh, men, women, all the rest of it. And eventually through the Epstein thing too, you, you, which is all, you know, he's dead now, we're told, so we're told. Uh, then uh, I guarantee you they're going to start hammering now to, to lower the, the age of consent. That's, that's a given. That will happen. Because they've already had world meetings before about doing away with uh, limits on intergenerational sex, as they call it. You wait and see. Uh, it's a whole program in itself. But uh, they've already, as, as they said themselves, they've, they've sexualized the planet, hypersexualized it. And they've hypersexualized the children to are given cell phone. They can get everything on their cell phone and computer, and that's going to be that's been going to be used in the so-called formulaic arguments that you hear eventually. Well, you know, the children are all they all know what they're doing now. Blah blah blah, and you wait and see. Some judges have already passed that is okay in trials in Latin America uh, in the past years. It's oh, the, the child's precocious and therefore it's, it, it's there's no crime. You wait and see. You wait and see, folks. And I tried another thing, another thing too. It takes me back to even Margaret Thatcher again because she, she was asked on a, a, a televised show about all the unemployed people. That I think it was the same talk she, when she talked about uh, a generation wouldn't see work in their lifetime, get used to it. She said, "Well, they can get work. People can get mean the working class people, you know, and girls too." And, uh, well, they can get work you know, like they used to do in the upstairs, downstairs series in, in television you know, uh, as maids and, 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 and pantry maids and things like that for the wealthy and work for the wealthy people. That's what she said, you know. Well, you can also take that behavior, the sexual behavior, into the same context because that's, that will also be used uh, when they push for intergenerational sex because a lot of those, those, uh, those women in the, the old days were incredibly, terribly abused by uh, the so-called, I call them owners, not hirers, you know. They're, they were owned pretty well. And a lot of them were beaten up as well for, for feeling to do this properly or that, but they were just beaten, 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 terribly. Some of them wrote about it. And uh, I, it's a, I hope someday somebody puts all, their, all this stuff from universities that are collected into, into books to show you that the, the, the real... What the people themselves wrote about what was happening at the time because it was horrific. Well, get used to it again because we are going to go through a lot worse as things get dire and and pretty bad. But this whole um, Epstein thing, I keep thinking of Ghislaine Maxwell, the daughter of Robert Maxwell, who literally scammed millions and millions from his employees pension funds and and not just pension funds he was junk he had a, a, like a pyramid scheme on the go with with businesses and newspaper collections and so on and he was moving money back and forth from different ones but there's more to, to robert maxwell than met the eye and it ties in of course with the daughter as well and the other children no doubt but it says here this is an article from 2000 year 2000 
about the business empire. I've got articles too when they supposedly found the body of Robert floating way far off, etc. And that's a different story again. It says here that Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of disgraced media tycoon Robert Maxwell, was an exquisite moment of triumph and redemption. She sat in the front row of Fashion Week's Ralph Lauren show after her. So her dad was in such disgrace in Britain, that is. Not, not outside of Britain, but in Britain for what he'd done. Uh, to a lot of scamming indeed. But it says here, and, and the man at her side at that time, because for her, Ghislaine and the rest of the family, they, fit, they, fit, they were nationally embarrassed and so on, right? But uh, it says here that, uh, guess who launched her back into the limelight? And it was, in the year 2000, Prince Andrew. That's who was arm in arm, who, who led her there, you see. And it says uh, all the cameras flashed and so on at this show. Uh, it says, uh, the favorite child of the former New York Daily News owner smiled regally and quietly savored the attention. It says, just a short time ago, people spat the name Maxwell if they spoke at all about it. Now that the public gesture of friendship or Britain's most eligible royal was a signal to the world that the once reviled Maxwells were back and beautiful and 39-year-old Ghislaine as their public face, it says here. It's quite the usual stuff. You know, she's up and coming again. From nothing again, you know, I mean, cleaned out financially, although she was left £100,000, I guess it was, a year in a, an untouchable fund that their dad had worked out. I mean, she was a lot more than that, mind you. But the dad himself had looted, it says, $600 million from the pension funds of his employees in a vain attempt to keep the empire afloat and so on. It says here that Robert Maxwell saw himself as Britain's Joseph P. Kennedy, the patriarch of a dynasty that would wield financial power and political power on a global scale. Like Kennedy, he expected much of his children and pushed them hard. Now, this is interesting here. This is an old article. Right? But it said he would interrogate them at the dinner table about history or geopolitics, said a once regular guest at the sprawling Maxwell estate in southern England. He could reduce them to tears if they didn't know an answer. He could be a cold man, and the temperature of the house dropped noticeably when he was there. It says the colder he was, the more his youngest daughter tried to please him. Well, you'd almost swear he's training them for, <laughs> for some kind of intelligence agency at that age, and geopolitics and all the rest of it, in a very serious way, eh? And it says he even thought that one day he could forge an alliance with the Kennedys by marrying Ghislaine to JFK Jr. The two became close friends and remained so till Kennedy's tragic death last year. Interesting, eh? It's also interesting here, uh, the way things are worded. Eh? So a few months later, this is 1991, he, he bought the tottering Daily News and rescued it from oblivion, and she was sent to Manhattan to be the advance guard for his foray to New York society from Britain. And a few months later, he was dead. Of all his children, she took his death the hardest. She was unable to accept his guilt and likely suicide, and unlikely suicide. Hmm? And insist to this day that a dark conspiracy, which she should, should maintain, says to this, that was up to the year 2000, a dark conspiracy of Mossad renegades, interesting term, renegades, eh? And Sicilian contract killers took his life. Now, why would she just not think Mossad, period? Why should she say renegades? Why would renegades, the Mossad, go from? It's her inability to understand what, you know? It's astonishing to me because Epstein, she was definitely procuring, it seems, for, for Epstein in the U.S. for years. 
She was given by her dad the money before he died for the Kit Kat Club in England. That was a interesting term they used from an old club, a name that used to exist, of Whigs. They called them Whigs at the time. These, these, these wealthy um, merchant industrial types who were all for a type of change in the world. In a sense, that was a particular club where they could talk without being um, just slammed in prison for maybe threatening to overtake the government or something or do away with it or whatever it happened to be. It was a club, but but she eventually was given, um, they called it a working, a working girls club. It's not for a working class, it's wealthy. Uh, it's almost like she was already into that kind of thing then, recruiting people, for women, for certain things. And I wonder about it because... Her statements before about Britain and then about her dad. Why would the Mossad go for her dad? And then you see Epstein and the, this odd thing with Wexner in the US, who seems to have been almost like a acted like the, the parental type figure for Epstein and a distributor of money, because it was then pushing him ahead. It's already been said by others that it's a, basically a, a honey trap system that he had, especially when he asked to know about the sexual proclivities of the different people who were using these youngsters after having uh, their thing off with, with the different people. He would question these girls about their preferences and what if they said anything and yada yada yada. This is this is this is sort of blackmailable and everything would be filmed naturally. They keep talking about photographs, photographs, but but how many videos and CDs etc. Or were they all burned at the island when they had those big fires there? I don't know. We'll never know. But of course, lots of folk are going to wonder. It really, and not surprisingly, at the information that that man had in his head. And obviously, to, to me in a way, all the agencies behind... Remember, it came out too, Acosta and different people, long before that too. And uh, other articles here from top newspapers going back years, where some of them mentioned that. They, they thought that Epstein, uh, as far back as 2000 as well, was possibly Mossad. So it's like a massive honey trap operation. A person who was involved and caught out at it would definitely, definitely have had, you've even seen it in the movies, the, uh, a whole bunch of people would get letters to be released on his death if, it, if, if things looked suspicious, you know. And that, that would be his security for whoever he would possibly work for and deal with. And someone who had so many different politicians from different countries, and no doubt top civil servants and, and so on, and people of every and all the power different areas. Well, you would have to get the state involved to somehow quiet it down. The best way is, is to say he's dead. They still talk about old old Robert Maxwell. I mean, he, he was supposedly found miles and miles and miles away from his yacht, and it's never been explained either as to exactly how it uh, all happened. Was it him they even found? It's easy to get a body, isn't it? And some of these little places, these little island places, everything's just bribery. You get anything you want, you buy anything you want, you get it stamped, no problem. And smuggling someone out of a prison, well, if it, if it came from the very, very top because of national security reasons and had to, had to be done well, that'd be the end of it. You would have the right folk in at the right time. The cameras would go off. And that would be that, basically. So what I'm saying is just, it's going to create more and more questions, this whole, this whole incident.
than it's going to answer. Really, really. You, you can't overestimate the power behind it. This isn't just a massive paedophile ring. This is a well-worked-out standard system of sexual slavery, and it's, you know, for definitely high-profile characters. And some of the girls actually said that their, their passports were taken from them by Giesling, I think it was. And, uh, and they had to have sex with different characters that they, they were taken over to other countries. And they couldn't leave the country without the passport, so they were getting blackmailed into having sex, etc. Uh, this is quite an operation. Much, 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 much bigger. And there's no doubt about it. Uh, you've, got, you've got at least one intelligence agency, I would say, behind this. And the guy could be working for a couple. As I said before, I, I really believe myself that for many years the top agencies have really just won. And the, the big uh, Five Eyes idea, there's maybe more than just five. But anyway, that's just uh, by the by. So I'll put this article up anyway, how Ghislaine rose from the ashes, supposedly, after her dad died. And inside the mysterious Manhattan apartment building on East 66th Street, where underage models, lawyers, and key players in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking circle all live, and ex-Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak is a frequent visitor, and so on. Lots of articles, I'm sure you've seen them all yourself. It's more like a, a soap, in a sense, when these things break out, especially with the way they're treated, because as much, much more can be said. But because you're dealing with big, powerful organizations, people are terrified, really. Terrified. And everybody on, on the general television stations and that know exactly where their bread is buttered and what to say and what not to say. That's, that's the ones who give your opinions, eh? It's quite amazing to, to really, really, really look at all. And then unsealed documents detailed alleged Epstein victims' recruitment at Mar-a-Lago. There's another one. Now, this one here is an old one too. Robert Maxwell, the flamboyant head of one of the world's biggest media empires, was discovered dead in the sea yesterday. This is 1991. After disappearing from his yacht off the Canary Islands, as London business analysts were predicting the breakup of his business empire under the pressure of three billion pounds debts. Uh, says his widow, Elizabeth, and her son Philip flew to Gran Canaria and identified his body at the Gando Air Base. They later flew to Tenerife, where the inquiry into the death will be held. The body of the Daily Mirror publisher was winched from the Atlantic by a Spanish helicopter 20 miles southwest of Gran Canaria. Spanish national radio said he was unclothed and showed no sign of violence. At a hastily improvised midnight press conference in Marina Sofia, airport at the south of Tenerife, the island's civil governor, Angel Delgado, said Mr. Maxwell's motor yacht, the Lady Giesling, that's with the same name, of course, as Maxwell, his daughter, left Santa Cruz in the north of the island at 10 p.m. Monday and put into Porto de los Cristianos 9 a.m. yesterday. But the body was found by a fishing boat floating 19 to 20 miles from Gran Gando on the other side of the neighbouring island of Gran Canaria, more than 100 miles from the obvious route between the points of departure and arrival. Asked to explain how the body could have got there, Mr. Delgado replied, That's a good question. Well, whose body it might have been? And that's, this is the stuff of movies, isn't it? <laughs> but the oldest trick in the book used to be people putting their clothes and stuff next to a cliff and the sea down below 
etc. And then someone who just committed suicide, and they didn't disappear, of course. Sometimes they'd turn up 20, 30 years later in some exotic place or something like that. Well, so it makes you wonder. These these things actually happen, as you well know. And if you did have intelligence agencies involved, it could be the easiest, easiest thing at all, easiest thing to arrange someone else to be. Some of them, there's plenty, there's plenty of cadavers around folks every day. Plenty, plenty. And with the right connections and that, you can, you can get in you want. Or a lookalike or whatever. I'm just, this is speculation. It's the stuff of movies, but that's the real, that's the real world though. Isn't it? Look what we're really looking at here just with the Epstein case. Just you wait and see. Yeah. Not difficult. But it is the stuff of, of incredible conspiracy indeed. And let's be honest here, the very fact that the man was caught before and charged and pretty well given a slap on the wrist by all, all the news reports, it meant there's a lot of people in the U.S. government and state departments and state governments too that had to turn a blind eye deliberately or stamp different documents to get them away with that one. Come on here, come on. It's got telltale signs everywhere. Also, Chelsea Manning, jailed for a year for refusing to testify against Assange. There's your freedoms for you. There's how they can get what they want to get from people, right? It's just like other folk they don't want to get information on. Nobody knows anything, eh? <laughs> That's okay. FBI document warns conspiracy theories are a new domestic terrorism threat. Well, I've heard all that before, too, because you're not allowed to say certain things and, and eventually you won't be able to say anything unless you belong to a top newscaster on television. That's how it's going to be at a top group. And also remarks at the launch of the United Nations Strategy and Plan of Action on Hate Speech by Antonio Guterres. I think Antonio Guterres, I remember, he was uh, basically a communist pretty well, was his life. So again, they have their function, their, their, their place. And like Quigley said, he said, um, we, we take everybody into the, this organization, the CFR, he says, you know, communist dictators, and it doesn't matter to us, he says, you know. The guys who gave you all these organizations. So it'll be very selective who gets hammered. And today is is just targeting certain people. Also, Christine Lagarde, who was in many scandals before when she was head of the IMF. Tax-free position, by the way. Not bad for some, eh? And uh, it says the, the world of monetary policy, according to Christine Lagarde, because she's now moving to be put in charge of the European Central Bank. They practice her magic there as well. And uh, you'll see how all that goes. Interesting stuff coming up in money. Very interesting stuff indeed. Because, yeah, you, you thought that was bad enough in 2008, you wouldn't see. Because now they're going to bring in non, the non-weirdness of negative interest rates. Now they're going to get charged just for having your money in the bank now. You've been trained to believe it's a good thing now. Yet, yet, everything you believed in the past was wrong, you understand, and they're going to give you new ways of looking at it. Before, it was good to try and get a few bucks together to save for something, but now you're going to get punished for just not using it. And, and they'll, they'll, use, they'll charge you for having the money in the bank at all, or even using the bank, and it's going to be good for the world. Good for you. You'll wait and see. Yeah. You understand, all the old things you thought were right are all wrong. All of them. And this is the new order, the real one. You've got the International Monetary Fund, 75 years. 
let's go evolve or risk irrelevancy. So now they're going to revamp it with a new name or new something. Not quite sure yet. Well, they actually, they will be sure. This won't tell us yet. They're talking about it's, it's maybe outlived its old purpose. So now you get a new purpose for it and all that kind of stuff or a new name or whatever, right? And then you've got United Nations flags need to eat less meat to curb land use impact on global warming. <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God. There you go. It's all your fault, right? And I'll put up the, the ones on Maxwell, as I've said before. It's interesting, really. You could all, you could really do a great movie on this one. Honestly, you could, couldn't you? It's got all the other things. It's got sex. It's got blackmail threats, coercion. It's got intelligence agencies and and the blackmailing of possible blackmailing of different you know government people. Oh, it's fantastic! It's got all this beautiful story. Eh? Where's James Bond? And also, it's possible Reserve Bank chief hints Australia could soon have zero percent interest rates. So, what will it mean for you? <gasps> oh my goodness, it's getting scary now, eh? Getting scary. But really, I prattled on so long already, and I've got to bring it down a bit because there's some stations actually broadcast this stuff, and if we go over the limit, they they try to, they have to crush it into a higher speed rate, which makes me talk like a chipmunk. So I really shouldn't go too far on it here, but I hope you'll get something out of what I've prattled on about uh, tonight. Because I don't really plan these things. I like to just have things come into the mind as they come into the mind on certain topics. But get ready. I would say get ready for the next crash because it's not planned. It's, it's not, it's not, they're not talking about it happening. It is planned. It's definitely planned. And they're, they're bringing in... Uh, the new system as we live through it with negative interest rates in Australia and I'll put some articles up there about that and how they've been warned in Australia and, and also too there'll be limits on, on spending actual cash actual cash uh, under the, the guise of they're not going to allow folk to avoid taxes by using cash well cash is still a legitimate tender as you well know and until they make it illegal then they can't really penalise you for using the stuff and it's the best stuff they have if the, the ATMs and all everything else goes down or gets hacked again, as they frequently do. So for myself, and I hope you're all doing well, because as I say, I, I see people out there, people get in touch with me all the time. And I like that because the system of the internet and this this faceless society, except for pictures on, on, on screens, etc., that's not living, folks. And you should try and get a little circle of your own friends where you can actually, if you can get on with enough people these days, and make some friends because it's important to have real conversations and real contacts with real people. The internet changes how you deal with people and how you perceive reality. It really is meant to do that. And, uh, of course, we really do. We're meant to live with people and be with people and, and be, you know, meet people, for instance. That's very important. So from myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>